Hello and thanks for being with us again. Welcome back to another Grazia Beauty Life Lessons with me, Jolie Walker. This time, someone who started out as an air hostess before launching her blog and Instagram account, which now has an amazing 1.3 million followers and counting. Hello, I'm Lorna. I'm known as Lorna Locks on Instagram and I'm a content creator slash entrepreneur. And I design my own clothes and a collection of clothing for In The Style. And yeah, that's pretty much me. Real name, Lorna Andrews. She's loved for her style, travel and beauty content. And her outfit posts keep her audience hooked. Coming up, she says her relationship with fans is very much a two-way street. They give her support and encouragement, most recently on her journey to feeling more comfortable and confident with wearing less makeup in her pictures. It's a confidence thing as well, isn't it? I'm constantly, you know, building up my confidence. My community help with that. You know, me showing a bare face will probably encourage other people and then we just kind of do it together. Also coming up, how a great fragrance can set Lorna up for taking on the world. Sometimes I need to be badass. Some days I've got to go into a meeting where I need to get what I want out of it and I need to feel empowered and that's what fragrance does for me. Gives me a little bit of a kick of, you know, confidence. And stay with us for a positive hair story. Lorna has experienced hair thinning for years caused by something called androgenic alopecia. But lately, thanks to expert advice and intervention, she's in a much happier place. It's really made a difference to my mental health. I can't explain it. I had my last consultation with my trichologist and I said to her, like, you've changed my life. And I was like nearly at tears and she was like, oh, don't like, I'm going to cry in a minute because it is really emotional. Yeah, of course. So yeah, if you're someone listening to this and thinking, oh, my hair's thin, there's nothing I can do about it. There's so much you can do. And if you can't afford to, go and see your GP, get your bloods checked, mm. find out what you're deficient in. And then you've got the information to go and, you know, research. She lives in Sussex with her husband, John, and their dog, Bo. That's where she's joined us from today for this chat. So here she comes. Hello, Lorna, and welcome. Hi, how are you doing? Yes, I'm very well. How are you? Do you know, I'm really kind of upbeat at the minute because I think the weather has taken a bit of a turn for the better and it's just put me in a really good mood. So I feel quite good at the minute. It literally makes all the difference. <laughs> all the, the difference when the sun is shining. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Especially because... It's quite windy. I'm down in Sussex and it's quite windy here. So when it's cold and miserable and windy, it really knocks you for six. But yeah, I took my dog for a walk this morning and I was really kind of upbeat. And even my husband was like, what's happened to you? (laughs) Yeah, but when spring is on the way, we can, the kind of end is in sight now, I feel. Yeah, defo. Exactly. Uh, Well, I'm very excited to hear about all of your advice today. So we'll do your five pieces of beauty advice uh, and finish off with your beauty blunder. But before we kind of jump into that, I just wanted to ask you about your kind of beauty style in general. Like, how would you describe your beauty style? Whether you like to switch things up all the time or you kind of loyal to your products that you've used for years and years? I am quite loyal. I never really got into like skincare until very late in the game. But makeup has been a huge part of my life from being a teenager, discovering fake tan and basically being orange for the first like part of my teens <laughs> we've all been there <laughs> yeah I think those things are kind of stuck and I do still love a fake tan and my previous career I was an air hostess and we had to have like full slap on so I don't think you ever get away from that I always kept that in my head that I always had to have a full face on to like face the world so those are the kind of things did they say that to you as well when you were an air hostess did they was oh, that yeah. like a thing that you had to I do when I I remember really? when I did my interview, this probably isn't allowed anymore, but in my interview I was weighed and 
uh, I had my height <gasps> and I was photographed to see if I was pretty enough. The grooming standards were... Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. They weighed you? Yeah. That is horrendous. No, when I think back now, like dieting before my interview, I was only 21. I was very young. But you become very institutionalised when you work for an airline because you travel quite a lot yeah. and you, you kind of live a weird lifestyle. So a lot of those habits, I've never really left them. Especially with gosh, me. and what did they what did they say about makeup then? You mentioned about makeup. What was uh, well, essentials? Was there kind of a rule? Yeah, or? there were. I mean, obviously, skin had to be had to look healthy, and we had to wear red lipstick, and we had to uh, have our nails painted either red or neutral. So quite often, I would just have red short nails, and even now, I'm doing like I'm on Insta stories, and quite often you'll see me with red nails because it's just a like creature of habit, isn't it? It goes to your default. Yeah, it's just easy creature of habit. I think the red lip thing was really important because quite often on a long haul flight, halfway through the flight, you'd start to look a little bit ropey and you'd go to the bathroom to kind of freshen up. And of course, you've not got all your kit on you, so you can't touch up your foundation or redo your eye makeup, but you could just dab a little bit of lippy on and maybe a bit on your cheeks and it just brightens the whole face up. So that's something that I do now. I always use my my lipstick on my cheeks. Um... As a kind of brightener. Yeah. Did you learn anything else? I get kind of like long haul all the time. Must have taken its toll onto like, you know, like the cabin air saps all the moisture out of your skin and and things like that. Did you have any specific tips for when you were flying so much? Yeah, I'd say so often when I used to do flights and you'd see somebody get on board and they'd literally take all their makeup off and they'd be sat there with a bare face. And I'd always think, why are you doing that? Because obviously all the pollution in the air. You kind of want as many mm. barriers as, as you can. So I always keep my makeup on on a flight. And I just drink absolutely shed loads of water. If you get on board, you're, if you ask the cabin crew for a bottle of water, they'll probably give it to you. And then you can just continue to top it up. Uh, so water is really important. You'd, I try to drink at least two litres of water on a flight that's longer than four hours. On any flight? Yeah. For four hours, two litres? Yeah, if you can, yeah. Okay. And that will... Okay, and I'm guessing that's not with the... Yeah, obviously you were working, but I'm like, red wine? Yeah. <laughs> water. Oh, I mean... But I'm guessing no. skip the red wine and go straight for water. Yeah, because also alcohol at altitude, it impacts you. I think it's like double the impact. So one glass of wine on the ground mm. versus one glass of wine in the air, it's like totally different ball game. Although this is making me want to go on a flight again. Just the thought of it, <laughs> speaking long haul. Same. Um, but maybe let's start then with your best piece of makeup advice. We've touched on makeup a little bit there. Um, what is the best piece of makeup advice you've ever been given or you have to give? My best makeup advice is probably a kind of dual skincare one, which is that you won't ever look, um, you know, perfect. Your skin won't ever look perfect with foundation if you haven't got your skincare in the right order and your skin base spot on so I would say if you're someone starting out I'd put all my money into skincare and probably spend mm. the, the most least amount of money on on makeup even when I was flying I, I used really inexpensive drugstore makeup uh, but I spent quite a fair bit on on my routine beforehand so that would be my kind of I know it's not really a makeup tip but that's the, the thing I've learned and also as well that red lip thing I think it, there's a lot to be said about you know, putting some colour onto your face so often, especially in my teens Mm. and 20s. I just wanted to be quite pale and I didn't really wear any colour. But it really does brighten up your face, doesn't it? Just a little touch of red or pink. Oh, I love a bold lip. 
I love yeah. bold lips, especially for Zoom now. I know I'm not wearing one now, but if I have to host anything or do anything, it's so easy to um, put on a bit of red lip. But do you have any favorite formulas or favorite brands that you kind of go back to time and time again? Oh, I do. I love uh, MAC. I have like three or four MAC lipsticks that I just rotate. I also quite like a matte lip. I think it's a matte lip that is something that you can wear in the day with your mask or whatnot, and then you can shove your lip gloss over the top of it. So I quite like, I, I don't really like shimmery lipsticks. Mm. So I'd probably look for lipsticks like, i tell you what's a really nice one. You know the Power Nudes that Hodder have done? Yes. I think they're really pretty. That's what I've got on today. It's just a really easy way uh, to wear nude. It's not too heavy and it's not too uh, purple toned. So I like those. No, I love the Huda makeup as a whole. And what about foundation? Do you have a, a favorite go-to foundation at the moment that you're wearing? Yeah, today I've got on, I've got two on. I've got a Codate Radiate, which is almost like a BB cream. Uh, it just removes any kind of imperfections and what, what you like. But it's also allowing my skin to kind of come through so you can still see I've got the odd freckle. And then on the top, I've been using Charlotte Tilbury Flawless Filter, just as kind of brightener. I feel like that makes your skin really glowy. And I think we're at a period Ooh, now, stuff. people don't want to have like really heavy, powdery, cakey makeup, do they? They want to look quite glowy. And that's definitely a trend we're seeing on runways as well. That got, you know, the, the models are very glowy. So I'm trying to kind of channel mm-hmm. that at the minute. <laughs> yeah, well, you're glowing even through the screen. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, thank you for that brilliant makeup advice. And what about skincare? Because you've obviously mentioned skincare there and it's a a place where you've always kind of invested in yeah. um what is the best skincare advice that you have to give oh I've made I've changed my skincare as I've hit my 30s I massively changed my skincare because I was so dehydrated and in my 20s I never exfoliated so I would say the best advice I've, I can give at the minute is to discover rediscover chemical exfoliating those products will really allow your moisturizer to work harder your serums to work harder. It's all about getting rid of all the dead skin cells so that your base can really do its job. So I think uh, that's been my latest discovery. And I love the Dr. Dennis um, Alpha Beta pads. They're like my... Oh, um, I love those uh, so much. I bang on about them all the time on stories. And I think people must be sick of hearing them. And I demo them quite a lot. I just really enjoy it. It's a really lovely couple of minutes in the morning. Just me and my exfoliating pads and it's so gentle and your exfoliating pad and have you worked up to using them every day because I have fairly sensitive skin but I still absolutely adore them and say like use them about twice a week but can you use them every day I think you can I don't either I probably use mine two three times a week and I use the excess on my hands to get rid of my fake tan because I've always got dodgy fake tan on my hands I don't know why oh that's a good idea yeah it gets rid of all the little dry patches on your hands top tip okay so that is your and how long have you been using these for have these been like a not long oh a recent no, discovery not long. I think I discovered them at the beginning of last year and then I got really hooked like really I'm quite obsessive anyway I get really obsessed about things yeah um, and I always have like a flavor of the month but yeah those have stuck around I'm really enjoying those still I remember I went the, the last long haul flight I took was coming back from Australia and I came home and my skin was, you know, you've just taken a long fall flight. And I used one of those and I was like, oh, my God. They were, yeah, actually worked proper magic. So I think that's a really good tip. I think especially in lockdown, um, maybe if we're wanting to amp up our skincare routines, then liquid exfoliants is, is a great one. And how do you think that they impact your makeup? 
Do you see a difference in terms of, you know, obviously they're getting rid of the dead skin cells on the surface. Do you think it changes your makeup at all? It does in that I don't use as much. And I think I'm a victim of that, wanting to just slap it on. I've always been that person that just kind of layers up until it just looks as blank canvas as possible. So now I'm trying to do the reverse, which is kind of like just make my skin look a little bit better. It's a tough one, you know. I think that there's a big shift in makeup at the minute. And I think if you're from the old school, which I definitely am, it's really hard to readjust and like accept that you have pores and spots and red bits and that they should be embraced. And of course, with Instagram, we're so used to seeing so many amazing filters that just make you look perfect. So it can be really hard to kind of adjust your head, head and mindset to actually that isn't real and that my skin should have a few little bits and bit patches and whatnot. I'm getting there. But also, like you say, it's been a, a shift, like for the whole time that you have been on Instagram as well. We've seen so many different stages of Instagram and now this amazing movement away from filters and embracing just our skin as, our, you know, our skin. Um, is that something you've kind of, I don't know, you see as a really positive thing um, since you've started Instagram to now? Yeah, it's been lovely, actually, because I'd say the last year I've got most comfy, which I think for I think it was only two or three years ago I never spoke on on my Instagram no one I never shared my face I was always looking away from the camera and there was a sense of anonymity there but that isn't really what people want anymore I think they want uh, relationships with you and they want to see you for who you are and they want your flaws and they want to see the good bits and the bad and obviously so many Mm. people that were maybe you know Instagram kind of doing really well on Instagram and I can, I put my hand in this and I say, I was a bit kind of scared at first and a bit like, well, I really like putting a filter on and I'm not comfy for people to see me looking a bit crap. So it's been a real shift in my mindset as well. And I think it's not going to go anywhere. So I think it's really important to just kind of lean into it and be a bit more bare and a bit more transparent and see what happens. But yeah, there's, it's a confidence thing as well, isn't it? I'm constantly you know, building up my confidence. My community helped with that. So it's kind of a two-way street. You know, me showing a bare face will probably encourage other people and then we just kind of do it together. Mm. So I don't feel like I'm doing it on my like own. Like you say, though, it's like, it's a journey that everyone has kind of gone on together. Yeah, massively. Really important as well. Which which is amazing. Um, yeah, and I bet your audience have so, like, I don't know, they've been following your journey for so long and like you say, they might, they'll be experiencing so many of the same things. Um, so I think, yeah, Instagram is a powerful place right now. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, really, I'm really enjoying it. And I definitely think lockdown's been great for me because for the first time in my life, I could just spend all morning doing my skincare and makeup and not be, you know, I lived down in Sussex. I was always trudging into London and spending a lot of time on the train and never really having much time for myself. And now I'm like, hey, I'm going to spend two hours in the bathroom. <laughs> Yeah, why not? (laughs) And have you loved that part of lockdown? Have you loved kind of hunkering down and being able to step back a little bit from the kind of, you know, mania of going back and forth all the time? There's that old adage, isn't it? Like, you know, people have difficulty. People in lockdown are really missing seeing people, but I've not noticed the difference because I love not seeing people. I do think there is, you know, it's, it's really hard work being social. And I'm in Leo as well, so I'm quite kind of outgoing. It's quite nice. It's nice to be home and... You know, I spend more time with my dog and I think my husband's sick of me. But I think <laughs> I in general, <laughs> we're, you know, we're just a lot happier with less, if you know what I mean. 
And I guess we've, a lot of us have learned a lot in lockdown that we'll take on as well, maybe in terms of the kind of work-life balance and things like that, that we'll take beyond uh, all of this when, the, you know, a new normality kind of resumes. Yeah, I hope so. I really think that is going to happen. My my husband, he works in like financial sector, so it's really grey and boring. <laughs> but he was spending so much time driving. He'd be driving into London every day, then coming home. Like, that's a slog, like four-hour round trip yeah. each day. And he's just really, like, brightened up. His face isn't as grey. He looks healthier. He's happier. So I think there's a lot to be said for, yeah, for what's happened and how it's going to play out. Hopefully he won't have to go into London so much afterwards. Yeah. We'll see. Definitely, I think, a case for living life in the slower lane in some cases. Amazing. And let's, um, I just want to, before we go on to our next piece of advice, just touch on fake tan, because you mentioned that amazing trick about getting the fake tan from your hands with the Dr. Dennis Gross pads. Do you have any other fake tan tips um, if you're, you know, a big fan of fake tan? I, I only really use a face fake tan for my hands and feet. It's a tan lux one and it's called Super Glow Serum, which is like a face I don't know if you've used that. It's, it's pretty well known now, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. So I do, normally I do my face and my hands and my feet at the same time. And then I use, well, my hack really with fake tan is the first layer has got to be really hydrating. So I tend to go for an oil and something really nourishing for the skin. And I find that the colour is a lot richer and it just seems to last a lot longer. And then through the week, I top it up after each shower. I'll use a water-based spray that dries instantly. So I can just go about my day. And I find that those two together work really, really well. I love that, though. You're <laughs> just kind of building up. And I'm definitely like yeah. um, going to take that tip as well for my feet, because my feet are yeah. the kind of area that can show fake tan. So using Same. a facial one on the feet is a, <laughs> is a great tip. Welcome back. Uh, so next, let's talk about fragrance, shall we? Yay, my favorite subject. <laughs> so what is yeah, your best piece of fragrance advice? I'd say that my best piece of advice, I'm stealing from a mate of mine, Michael. And whenever I meet him, he just his whole aura is his fragrance. He, you know, you just smell it as he's walking into the room. And what he does is he spritzes the fragrance all the way around his neck in like a circular motion twice. And he reckons that that will make it last all day. And you know what? He's right. And ever since I've done the same, I don't waste all my perfume. So I wouldn't do it on like a normal lockdown day. Yeah. But if I had like a meeting and I need to be kind of in my, you know, my signature fragrance, then I would whack it on twice all the way around my neck. Love it. And what is your signature fragrance at the moment? So my signature fragrance is um, Penhaligon's and it's called Halfetti. It's a really woody, spicy scent. It's layered with Turkish rose. John wears it too. So the pair of us are like, you know, Halfetti yeah. junkies. We've got, I think they... No, I love that though. You've yeah, got like couple, power couple fragrances. My husband actually wears Penhaligons as well. Oh, I really? think their fragrances are amazing. Yeah, just great, great, great brand. Love the story. Just love the, you know, love the fragrance. So that's that's our like fave. Can you remember the very first fragrance that you ever wore? I never really got into fragrance until I was in my early twenties, and I remember an ex-boyfriend's sister bought me a bottle of uh, Creed Florissimo which was Grace Kelly's like wedding scent, mm. and it was in yes. a really fancy bottle with like a green lid. That was kind of my first foray into like niche, you know, expensive perfume. And I loved it. And I remember I actually, I wore that to my wedding and it's very girly and it's a really feminine fragrance. But then since then, I've kind of changed. I quite like masculine fragrances. So a lot of the fragrances I'm wearing now are very masculine. I love uh, Cy Truden's Bruma. 
And yeah, just those kind of complex fragrances that aren't really de- determining whether you're feminine or masculine. I like that. I don't want to be super, super sweet and girly. Sometimes I need to be badass. Some days I've got to go into a meeting where I need to get what I want out of it. And I need to feel empowered. And that's what fragrance does for me. Gives me a little bit of a kick of, you know, confidence. Yes. And fragrance so can do that. There is that power of fragrance where, you know, you can think, how do I want to feel today? It can give you that boost to kind of, you know, like a power suit could or anything else. It's that kind of power move that you can play with fragrance. Yeah, absolutely. And it's becoming even more, I know a lot of people are layering and it's becoming more kind of popular to talk about fragrance. But I think for a long time, I never really thought anyone else was into it. I just thought it was me just having a little play at home. But yeah, now there's a whole world of people obsessed with it. So that's great. I get to talk about it on my like my own channel and stuff. And you mentioned briefly then, Lorna, about that you wore it on your wedding day. Do you have any kind of other wedding beauty tips um, that kind of come to mind from makeup to hair or if there's anything that springs to mind? I mean, I got married like 13 years ago, so I'm like trying to remember back to what I did. But I think I was, I got married in New York and it was really hot. It was like 35 degrees the day we got married. Oh, wow. I had a white dress on. I just remember sweating into this dress. (laughs) I'm thinking, I hope the photographer gets these photos done quick because I am not in the mood for this. So I think um, my top tip really is if you're a fake tanner, which I was, um, go easy on it. Go really easy. And my, it's an old air hostess trick, but I still use it now. I... Uh, put hairspray on my neck and it stops any makeup transferring to my white collar it was really important on a flight because you can't have an orange collar on a flight so that's like my hairspray is quite a good one for under the arms as well and on the backs of legs you know when you get sticky legs in summer yes that's a great one I'm wearing a white shirt right now and I'm thinking yeah yeah. Yeah. not on your face just around the neck and do you have any (laughs) kind of go-to hairspray for that is there any like you go straight cheap and cheerful yeah whatever you can get yeah it doesn't really matter I'll I'll use any brand (laughs) yeah no love that I'm definitely going to be doing that one um okay now let's move on to hair what is the best hair tip uh that you've ever been given or you have to give so I've got a type of alopecia called androgenic alopecia which is hair thinning right okay um, so I went on a bit of a journey with this. It was at the beginning of last year. I finally was like, do you know what? I want to do something about this. I'm stuck at home. Now I could be doing my hair masks and whatnot. So I booked a consultation with a trichologist and they diagnosed it. And then I went on the kind of hair journey, uh, which was quite enlightening. And I've learned so much from my trichologist. My trichologist is Annabelle Kingsley. So if anyone's struggling with hair loss, she's a good person to follow on Instagram. And she just gives me really like nuggets of, you know, sound, solid advice. I think the biggest one is to, for fine haired people, you've got to wash your hair every day. Because I think we're so taught this kind of, if you wash your hair daily, it dries it out. And that isn't the case. Yeah, so true. And when you've got fine hair, you, you basically have more hair follicles. So they get greasier quicker because they produce more sebum. So you've got to keep your hair scalp clean the way you would your face because you wouldn't you wouldn't want an oily face so why would you want an oily scalp so that's kind of my biggest hack really for anyone that's maybe got fine hair and struggling if you've got thick hair or coarse hair it's a different kettle of fish but yeah that was a very handy one and that changed the game for me massively really so how often were you washing your hair before before you kind of I would say like I was like the queen of dry shampoo so I was a bit lazy I think that's another air hostess throwback because we love shampoo, dry shampoo. But I was probably washing it two or three times a week, which just isn't good enough. 
when now I've got an eight-step program for my hair. Oh, really? So I do my hair the way I do skincare. Yeah. <laughs> really thorough, yeah. And when, like you say, the scal- you, scalp is just an extension of your skin. It's it's skin, yeah. so treating it in the same way. Well, can, yeah. What is your kind of eight-step system? So I'm trying to, at the minute, cut that down. But at the minute, I obviously shampoo my hair every day. Before a shampoo, I do a hair mask for 20 minutes. And then once I've shampooed it, I then use scalp drops, which are like a stimulant, that scalp drop. And then I have like loads of different products to protect the ends. I use a bomb builder from Philip Kingsley, which is like a genius product that not only protects the split ends, but can reverse the impact of split ends. And then I use an Elastostyler product, which helps with elasticity. And what I didn't know as well about hair is that when you wet hair, it breaks and then when you dry it it reforms so that's why hair is one of the few things that you can actively impact the way it um, looks after it's been dried with styling and products and techniques so I think that's been quite useful to know and it's really made me you know focus on how I dry my hair as opposed to just tipping my head upside down and you know blasting it and I use really low heat products now so I use um an air wrap, a Dyson air wrap to style it, and then I blast it with the supersonic at the end. So I spent quite a fair bit of money on my hair recently. And I think it's probably the biggest investment I've ever made. But do you know what? It's changed my personality. I've like really come out of my shell. I think hair is so important to how you feel about yourself. And there's such a stigma around people not having, you know, lion hair and thick, glossy, wonderful hair. You know, and from Disney cartoons that have taught us to have long, you know, Cinderella locks. So it's really made a difference to my mental health. I can't explain it. And I told, I had my last consultation with my trichologist and I said to her, like, you've changed my life. And I was like nearly at tears. And she was like, oh, don't like, I'm going to cry in a minute because it is really emotional. Yeah, of course. So yeah, if you're someone listening to this and thinking, oh, my hair's thin, there's nothing I can do about it. There's so much you can do. And if you can't afford to, go and see your GP, get your bloods checked, Mm. find out what you're deficient in. And then you've got the information to go on, you know, research. So, yeah, made a big difference for me. Gosh, and, no, and that advice as well, well, you know, there might be so many people listening to that would help and that there are experts out there that you can go to and just speak and see what your options are. Yeah, I mean, knowledge is power. And even if you can't afford to do anything about it straight away, at least you know. And listen, loads of the stuff that I do now for my hair are silly things, like, you know, knowing to eat more protein. Like John's a great cook. Like he loves cooking. Does he? What's his signature dish? He does an amazing salsa with like mango and avocado and onions and chili. It's like a cold dish, and then he cooks or pan fries the fish and slaps it on the top. That's our like dish du jour at the minute. Dish du jour. Delish. Um, and then maybe because we've kind of touched on it a little bit there, we could talk about your best self care advice. So I think probably my biggest advice, and it's one I've been giving, I've been doling out a lot recently to people on Insta, because I'm always doing like Q&As and I'd be like, are you all right? What are you up to? And so many people message like, oh, I'm feeling crap. I'm feeling low. You know, it's heavy times, isn't it? We're all feeling heavy. So I try and when I wake up, I try and find 10 minutes that morning, as soon as I can really, to just meditate. And I don't mean that in a kind of fancy sat in a yoga position, you know, lighting candles. I just lie there or sit there. And I have kind of three areas that I think about. So I have three minutes where I think about how I feel and who I love and what I want to be and all that kind of jazz. Then I have three minutes where I just really focus about my connection to the people around me. So John, my you know, the people I work with, 
you know, my relationships. And then I spend four minutes thinking about what I want to achieve that day. And I kind of like live out that day in my head, how I'm going to do it, what I want to do, what I'm going to eat. And I feel like just doing that for 10 minutes just gives me this kind of self kind of, it's almost like a shot of coffee, just revs me up. And I feel like, yeah, I can do this. I've got it mapped out. I know what I'm doing. And yeah, that's helped me because I'm not a great list maker as much as I want to be that person that has a list and ticks things off. But if it's all, I guess it's, if you're manifesting things at the start of the day, straight from the get go, it kind of, like you say, just puts you on the right path for that day. Do you find as well that it's helpful to just tackle things one day at a time? Yeah, big time. You know, five year plans and stuff, that, that's never going to be me. But taking things day by day. Yeah. And I think what, yeah, brilliant advice especially at the moment when everything can feel really overwhelming. Yeah, definitely. Um, and of course, we can't plan ahead so much. So I think, yeah, what well, yeah, brilliant piece of advice to take things day by day. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that one. And now we're going to go on to the last question, which is my biggest beauty blunder. Ooh. So talk us through. I think my biggest beauty blunder was I was doing, um, it was a, Another magazine was running kind of like a, you know, an event where you, they invited people to talk and sit on the stage and natter. In the green room before I was going up to talk, I, I'd followed her on Instagram for a while, but I met Mary Greenwell. Another friend of mine was there and she was like, I'll introduce you to her. She's really like, great. She's a great lady. So I went over to chat to her and she was lovely. She was really good fun. She's got a real personality. And then she said to me, she said, look, she said, your makeup's beautiful. She said, but your face is too pale for your neck. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm just about to go on stage. Mary! I, I was like, oh, this is just a drama. I, lo- I love her. Fair play to the woman. She's got every right to say that. So I went on stage, obviously feeling like, oh, my God, my face is really white. Kind of like, it's too pale. And that tra- that transformed my makeup going forward because, of course, after that, I was really careful about matching my makeup to my neck and not over tanning my neck. Or do you know what I mean? Always trying to get that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a great picture that I've got on on Facebook, I think, and it's her cupping my face. And John took a photograph of her cupping my face as she was chatting to me. And it's just a really like, it's a lovely moment. And she's such an icon. Yeah. So I always thought she's amazing. Yeah, I was like, love Mary. If anyone's going to give me that advice, she she gets the yeah, she can do it. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, what a brilliant one to end on as well. Aww. So brilliant to have Lorna Lux, aka Lorna Andrews, with us on Grazia Beauty Life Lessons. I hope you enjoyed the chat as much as I did. Thanks to her and thanks again to you for listening. We say this a lot, I know, but please, please, if you can, help us out by rating and reviewing this in your podcast player. It honestly only takes a few minutes and it really, really helps us out. Take care and see you next time.